Pod fam, what's going on? This is Hector Santhia Esteban, and I am your host. And for the last, I don't know, half dozen years or so, I've been helping podcasts grow, and I have been trying to figure out what makes a podcast successful. And this show is about all of the things I've learned along the way, all of the answers that I found, all of the challenges that I've faced, and all of the cool and amazing people that I've met along the way. And one of them is no different than today. And that is with Megan Doherty. And she is someone who is on a similar path than mine. And I'll be frank, in a lot of industries, when people run into people who do the same thing as them, there's a lot of hesitation to communicate or befriend or right. There's the whole don't fraternize with the enemy thing. And what's a really interesting thing is I've ran into so many people recently who do almost, almost the exact same thing that I do, right? Because you know, there's a lot of podcast production companies. And what's cool is that I believe that there is enough podcasts to go around for all of the podcast production companies, right? Like there's, there's, we, 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 as a podcast production company, we can't produce them all. In fact, we don't want to produce them all. So it makes me so excited when I run into somebody and I encounter someone like Megan, who is on a similar path. And yet she opened my eyes and blew my mind to how businesses should be going about using podcasts. And I thought I knew, I thought I was doing it the quote unquote right way. And not that there's any wrong way, but Megan talks about some buckets and some ways, some specific ways that businesses can use podcasts to grow their business. And also that with those specific ways, the ways to not use it for your business. So enough for me. Today's episode is not about me. Today's about Megan. So enjoy this episode Podcasting Success Secrets with Megan Doherty. Hello and welcome to another episode of Podcasting Success Secrets. And if that's not the show that you think you're supposed to be listening to, don't worry, you are in the right place. And we are here. My name is Hector Santhi Saban, and we are joined by Megan Doherty. And we're going to get into how businesses can use podcasts to grow their business and why they might be able to use it. And it's something that I've talked ad nauseum about, but I know that you guys are done hearing about that. And so we brought in Megan to give you a fresh, vibrant perspective. So Megan, welcome to the show. Hector, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here and always excited to talk about leveraging a podcast within a business. I have to give our listeners a notice that like what's been going on because so full transparency for you. Let's just tell the story. And Megan, you can maybe we'll turn this into a personal coaching session. Yeah. Started this podcast as a way to highlight some of the things that we were doing in our podcast marketing agency. So I thought, mm-hmm. what better way to highlight that and to perhaps potentially even get clients than to create mm-hmm. a show about what we do. But the challenge was is what we found is that over time we realized that our listeners and the people that were actually tuning into the show were not actually the people that were right for our services. Mm-hmm. So we were having this challenge, right? And we wanted to continue to serve. And so that's why as of a couple of weeks ago, we just started to test and we're in the midst of it, but we changed the show name to Podcasting Success Secrets to perhaps highlight or signal a little bit clearer what mm-hmm. it is that we're trying to do because it's evolved past marketing and it's gonna become more general stuff. So yeah. anyways, I wanted to let people in on the secret that no, you are still in the right place. I still have on my <laughs> wall, it says marketing your podcast and every, everything may look the same, but we're in the midst of a change. So thanks y'all for sticking with us. But anyways, Megan, 
I don't know. I thought that was important to waste your time with. Catch no, us up on not, what it's, you... it's not a waste of time at all, though, because it's so many people go through that, right? You start podcasting with one idea that it's going to do one thing for your business. And then you actually look at your data, or you look at your stats, or you look at whatever you're tracking for results, and you find out it's not performing the way you thought that it would. So pivoting is the only response to that, unless you want to pack the whole thing in. But I think it's incredibly relevant to podcasting success. So you're not, you're saying I'm not alone or that I'm not crazy for what's, for what, what was going, what's going on here. You're absolutely not, not alone. I'd say you're ahead of a lot of people because you were looking at the actual results and the impact the podcast was making in your business and you're adjusting accordingly. I think a lot of people never get that far. Yeah. And talking to people too, trying to engage in as much as my introverted self would allow, but engaging with people and realizing that, okay, this is not who I thought was going to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And shifting and adjusting. So anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about your show, the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. I love that because that's been something recently that I've been just fascinated with is how businesses can actually leverage podcasts the right way. Because everyone says that you should, that every business should start one. And of course we agree with that, but then all these businesses are starting one, then they're looking up and going, what happened? Why, Mm -hmm. why didn't we get the success that was at the end of this rainbow? (laughs) And Megan, what is the answer? Give us the secrets. You didn't set a clear goal at the beginning (laughs) is the reason people don't get the success. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, that's going to be the answer. And my podcast is called the Business Podcast Blueprint Show because we use a framework that we developed over years of producing podcasts. My company, One Stone Creative, is a podcast production agency. We serve small business owners and solopreneurs for the most part. And we figured out there are four high-level blueprints that a business podcast can follow that are going to dictate the strategic decisions you make about your show in order to be able to really effectively leverage it within your business. And so on our podcast, we are talking about all of the information that we have internally as a team and that I get experts in to add to that discussion and how you can do it more effectively with all the different things that you need to consider as a podcaster. So four blueprints. Let's can we get right into them? I think this is oh, yeah. this is great stuff. <laughs> what, what are the four? So there's thought leadership, relationship building, audience engagement, and content. Depending on which one is your biggest or most important goal for your business, you can focus on one of them and design your show to more effectively get more of that benefit. You're going to receive the holistic benefits of podcasting, little bits and pieces from all of them. But the knowing what your main overarching purpose for podcasting is lets you make better decisions about the kind of content that you produce, whether or not you should have sponsors, what kind of guests you should talk to. It, it really, it, it eases the whole process. So thought leadership is if you're going out there to try and make a name for yourself, get your IP out there, become known as an expert in your industry. Relationship building is when your main reason for podcasting is just connecting with other people. It's a, it's a networking show. Audience engagement is serving an audience of people that you already have, they're already in your orbit for some reason. And you want to be able to continue giving them the content they need so that you stay top of mind with them. And then a content show. There are podcasts that exist just to feed the machine of social media, of blogs, of other things. And it's a perfectly legitimate reason to podcast. But depending on which of those is the most important to you in your business, you're going to make different decisions about your show. And you're going to track different metrics to determine whether or not it's being effective for you. And do you see those groups as mutually exclusive, meaning that you pick one and only one, or is it a mix and match and pick the ones that are most relevant? It can be mix and match, especially when you get down to the specific success metric level, but it is generally a good idea to have one or maybe two overarching ideas because sometimes what makes a really good 
show of one type is going to be in conflict with what makes a really good show of another type. So if you uh, want to have a thought leadership show, for example, you're going to have to interview in a really different way and have different types of guests than you would if it's an audience engagement or a relationship building show. A thought leadership show, you have to make sure that you're having conversations with equals rather than interviewing experts, because if you're interviewing experts, you're not establishing thought leadership. You're helping other people share their thought leadership. Whereas if you have an audience engagement show, you can be talking to people and extracting information from experts and giving it to your audience in a way that is helpful and valuable for them. It's a really different kind of way of looking at the conversations that you're having for your specific business goals. That's a great distinction that I'd never been able to articulate as well as you have. And that's why you're here today. What does that difference look like? Like practically speaking, if you're going to make a decision for say, can you just expand on that idea about thought leadership and interviewing equals versus I don't know. You, you, I just, I think that that's not a yeah. topic that I've ever heard talked about. So even if you just say it again, tell us more about that. Well, let's start thinking about kind of what is thought leadership. It is being someone who is known of and credited as someone coming up with original content in your space. You're someone who has an opinion on the things that happen or should happen. You're the one who has ideas and can explain what's going on. And people are turning to you as a resource for this type of thing. And to do that, you need to be getting your own IP, your own intellectual property out into the world. This can be done through conversations, certainly, but also more through solo episodes. So Megan, so what might be happening, right? Because I know a lot of us are solopreneurs or people trying to establish, but they're going to go out and they're going to try and find the uh, best experts on these subjects. And what you're saying is that can actually be hurting their positioning if they're trying to establish their thought leadership. It can. Yeah. And it doesn't in all cases. But if, for example, if I were trying to use my show to establish thought leadership for me and my company, and if I spent most of my time talking to other experts and getting them to share everything brilliant that they've been working on, I might develop a really good relationship with these experts, but I'm not doing a lot to enhance the marketplace understanding of my company's value other than basking in reflected glory, which can be great. It can be awesome to bask in reflected glory, but it's not necessarily getting my IP out there in a way that I want to be recognized for. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. We've seen that with some of our clients when we take over and we try and our solution, and it seems a little elementary, so I'm curious if you have any others that have helped, but is to do more solo segments or more solo episodes where they can impart their wisdom or expertise or remind the listeners of their value. Is there other ways when it comes to establishing thought leadership that someone can increase that if maybe they're already doing an interview show, if they're starting from that place. Totally. And and solos are a great way to do it. But so is looking at someone when you have a guest on your show and it's for thought leadership, look at it less of as an interview and more of a conversation. So rather than trying to ask a bunch of questions of this expert who's giving you their time, serve up a big juicy point for discussion. Say this is going to be the topic that we're both going to discuss and explore together. And that means that you've got two people equally contributing to a conversation and expanding the general body of knowledge. That's great for both people to be getting their own IP out there. So I think thought leadership shows when they are guest-based should be more topical than Q&A style interviews. I see. And what a subtle but important distinction that is. And it's I've, usually the I've, little ones that make the big difference. Yeah. And it's, and I think it also comes from a host or a creator's ability to be confident or to be 
comfortable and natural within their setting because even just recently I've I used to come in with all my questions and I have a list and I try and really have all these questions but it was like what you talked about in the sense that they would it was this volley and I would throw it back and it was this was not a dialogue it was an interview almost sometimes an interrogation but you're talking about this almost um equilateral flow of conversation as opposed to something that's one way yeah, that would be precisely it. And I say it's not like a rookie move. It takes practice to be able to do that comfortably and confidently. And even my own podcast, it's not a thought leadership style podcast. I have guests and I like to use the opportunity to pick their brains and get all this expertise that I wouldn't have access to otherwise. So it really right. comes down to what you need for your own business. Yeah. And also, I think that it's helpful to understand your style too. You take a lot of these like personality tests and stuff like that. And one thing that's come back for me is that I'm like a some of them have called me like a journalist or an investigator or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So there are starting places that we might have that mm -hmm. we can lean into because I'm not generally very funny in conversations. So I don't, it just doesn't, <laughs> starting a comedy podcast was not going to be my route. Yeah, I try to be, but who knows if it lands half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine don't. So we talked about thought leadership. Yeah. What are some of the other ones? Is there a ranking or a priority or, hey, this is probably one that you should look at. And if not, then go here. And if not, then go here. Is there a next in your mind or are they all? I'd say the, the first three. So you've got your thought leadership, your relationship building and your audience engagement. Um, they're pretty much equal in my mind. Really, what makes one better than another? There's no objective measure of that. It's only what works better for a particular business or a particular host. Content, I've gone back and forth on having it be its own category or not because no matter what kind of podcast you have, you're going to be generating content out of it. It's a natural extension of the medium. Some people do podcasts just to create that content. So we give it its own. And when it comes down to deciding which is the most important for business owners who are podcasting. The most important thing is what I said right at the top, you really have to choose a business goal first and make your podcast work for that rather than start a podcast and then try to shoehorn it into different areas of your business. You're going to have a lot more success if you start with your actual business goals rather than any podcasting related desires. Yeah. Yeah. So what would be the next one you'd want to go into? Relationship building podcast. This is okay. one of my favorites. They're all my favorites. I'm, they're my babies. I made them. I love them. <laughs> but, so relationship building shows where the kind of the prime directive, if you'll forgive the nerdiness of the podcast, is to connect you with other people. And that's where networking is really the most important thing that you're doing. And so some of the strategic decisions that you'll make for that are probably adding different touch points to your workflow to add chances to build relationships. So you're going to really carefully and strategically curate your guest list, who you invite. I do a prep call for a lot of my shows as a chance to get to know you and really decide what we're going to talk about. And as a sidebar, a really good screening process for the show as well. Because if someone isn't interested or able to take the time for a prep call for get to know you, well, they're probably not going to want to be long-term podcast industry friends. And so therefore we can save each other both some time and a possibly unsatisfying conversation. The follow-up is really important as well in a relationship building show. Are you sending swipes? Are you saying thank you? Are you following them on social? Are you sharing their content? Are you reaching out with another way to become closer? That's where as a business owner, rather than investing, say, in really fancy equipment or lighting or post-production, you're going to invest in paying a member on your team to be actively and consistently doing all of that follow-up work. So it comes down to a priority of investment decision for a relationship building show. And just on the basis of having a podcast, we've been doing it for a year and a quarter now, I was able to turn those relationships and, you know, leverage sounds like a, a very mercenary word. It was much more collaborative, but to start a new conference in the industry. Last year, we did the Podcasting for Business Conference, and it was populated almost entirely by people that I'd met through inviting them onto my podcast, which was super exciting and gratifying. Yeah, the relationships. And it's interesting that that, 
perhaps it's just because that's the world that I'm diving into now and I'm having this big facepalm moment in making this kind of shift and that that big kind of transition that I talked about at the beginning with the branding of the show. I'm having this aha that I was thinking I was creating something that I wasn't actually, right? I thought I was creating a thought leadership podcast, but probably wasn't when I was thinking I was creating a relationship one, but wasn't doing the things that actually developed the relationship. (laughs) So it was all muddled, right? It was all muddled. Mm -hmm. And I think that just having these categories, these buckets is uh, is so helpful. We've gone through two of them. Mm -hmm. When we get back from break, Megan, I want to hear about the other ones. And I want to hear, you talked about content specifically, and I'm curious if there's a web or if there's any threads that connect these different buckets. And so we're going to get into that right when we get back from break. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Today is brought to you by Podcast AMA, and we are a brand new community of podcasters, and our motto is that the group is the guru, because we know that not one person is going to have all the answers because there's not one podcast that is all the same. It's a little about what we're talking about in today's episode. And so if you want to come hang out with us, we're hosting two events every month. One is a virtual mixer and the other is a Q&A with a guest expert. And so you can come hang out. We do them live right now where they're on Zoom. But when you listen to this, maybe they'll be on something cooler. Go to podcastama.com and you can find all the info and get signed up. That's podcastama.com. You can get all the details. We covered two of the four. We talked a little about two, and we can go back to them as well. But the third one is audience engagement. And I think that this is probably the one that people go in thinking that they're going to create. Once again, the, the waters get muddied, and they don't actually follow through or end up creating a podcast that ends up doing what they say they want it to do. So talk to us about this third bucket here. Yeah, so the audience engagement bucket is a fun one because it's serving up content to an audience that is by one means or another already aware of you. You've already got them. So you might find this often authors will have an audience of people who are really interested in their body of work. You might have people who've been podcasting for a long time. They've developed an audience. They're interested. You might have a pool of clients or potential clients, an online community that you've built. All of these people that you want to be able to give content and attention to at scale, which a podcast is, of course, amazing for. And an audience engagement show will also come into play when it is part of your kind of customer onboarding life cycle. So when you're using your podcast as a top of funnel rather than a bottom of funnel piece of your marketing mix, audience engagement comes into play. And this is where you're really focused on what does the audience need to know from me so that I can get either get to know them better, become closer to them, move them from one stage in the life cycle to another, or just keep them interested in what I'm doing and then designing your show accordingly. And when you start doing that, when you come from that perspective of what's the information that they need to take the next action in relation to me and my business, then you can create content that serves that. And you can reuse, repurpose it really interestingly. You can create libraries of stuff that is interesting. You can get your audience involved if that's appropriate for your show through like AMAs, like you run next to your podcast. And really it's about just making, being aware of where people are in their relationship to your business and creating content accordingly. Yeah. What's cool about podcasts is that it allows that engagement to happen asynchronously, right? In between these live kind of meetups. And I've seen businesses use this in the sales follow-up process. I've consulted with some events companies that are considering using it as a way to keep attendees and members engaged throughout in in between events. Love that strategy. It's it's really this, like you said, reaching outside of the usual to find a new way to stay top of mind, engage, provide value, all these sorts of things. Yeah. And even another example, I know one podcaster and her business is around authors and marketing and visibility services for authors. And she has this wonderful podcast that's in seasons. And each season is a specific 
a deep dive into an issue that an indie author is going to have. And so when someone comes and says, hey, could we do business together? She's able to say, actually, no, first you need to listen to season five. It's six episodes, two hours of content total. That's going to give you 90% of what you need. If you still need that 10%, then we're going to be a great fit to work together. And that is such a brilliant strategy because it's so personalized. It's so custom. It's so scalable. And it's so good at letting people decide whether or not, oh, this, is this a person I want to work with? Will we have a great relationship? It's super effective. Are there any other kind of cool things like that you think about or cool ways that people have used a podcast to grow their business? Oh, gosh, yes. So many. One that I find is really interesting is all about content indexing. So if you are really into spreadsheets and tracking, which I hope you are, when you are listing your episodes and Presumably, everyone is diligently keeping a record of all their titles and guest names and their socials and the date of publication and all these other things. You can add to that kind of an episode guide your different keywords, questions that you answer, SEO terms that you're using, situations where it can be useful, different audience or client types that it's going to be useful for. Feed that to your sales and customer support team. And then when they get on a chat with someone, they can say, hey, why don't you go listen to episode 42 at around minute 10 to minute 20. It's going to give you a great example of someone else who's been in this situation and how we dealt with it. It feels really personal. It saves a lot of time and it creates a great relationship. When you send a podcast, it's a lot less scary than sending, I don't know, anything else. Like a podcast is a very friendly, it seems like a low commitment kind of thing that even sending like a PDF or, hey, watch this video series seems a little more scary. I don't know. I think maybe because a podcast is such a pull marketing type of thing, right? People only listen to a podcast when and where they want to. It's not even like a video where you have to be looking at a screen or a PDF that you have to be reading. You can get this advice from a potential new vendor that you're going to be working with while you're walking your dog. And that is friendly. That's making yourself and your business a part of their life in a way that is convenient for someone really easily. So I agree with you. It's a really friendly way to do it. Are there? I cut you off and I'm trying to get better at that, but are there any other ones that- That's okay. Yeah, I was going to go a little further up the funnel to more of the sales and discovery process. And this one is really effective when, I know you've talked about before, the known trust factor is a really big part of the buying decision. There's almost no better way to establish that than with podcasting. So if you, as part of your sales process, say, hey, before you have this discovery call, why don't you listen to A, B, and C episode of this of this person you would be working with having these conversations? You're going to get an idea of the philosophy of the company and the way that, that your potential new partner is going to be thinking about you and thinking about your business. I've seen that take sales cycles down from months to weeks and people be able to attribute tens of thousands of dollars of new business just to having podcasts as part of that discovery cycle in a new client relationship. Really cool stuff there. Yeah. So great here. The last one is content. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. that it stands on its own. And if you have another one, do they pair well with content? Is there some that pair better than others with kind of the content focus? But we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, pretty much everything pairs well with content. Like I said, the reason it gets its own category is because there are some people who just podcast to create content, and that's a perfectly legitimate reason to do it. And in terms of the, I think about it a lot in terms of where are you going to invest your time, energy, and money within your podcast. The blueprints are really great for helping you make that decision. When it's content, that's when you want to be investing the most in your post-production, the most in your content repurposing, and also the most in your content planning. Because if you plan things really well, at the beginning, say, of a season or of a year of podcasting, by the end of that year, you can have new opt-ins, you can have new courses, you can have an outline for a book. You can really be filling all of the content holes within your business through your podcast while getting other benefits from it. So it all comes down to where are you going to be investing more of your resources to get the achievements a podcast can provide that are the most valuable to your business. Yeah, such great stuff. 
Megan, this has been really fun. We're going to probably have to bring you back for round two or something because there's just <laughs> there's no that way that we can that we just scratch the surface here. I have one question about mm-hmm. tools or tech. Is there any must-haves or things that you can't go without or things that you absolutely love when it comes to your tech stack right now? At the moment, I live and die by Notion and Google Sheets. Yeah, yeah. That's we are so similar. We are so similar. Just <laughs> I love meeting a new friend on podcasting. This is my favorite part of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Notion has been so huge recently. I w- was building a lot of our project management stuff in Airtable, and we still do a lot of our, mm-hmm. at least production stuff in Airtable, but a lot more of my planning and my personal productivity and just mm-hmm. my second brain has been built in Notion. And I found that's a, a lot easier. And then Airtable is great. Google Sheets is simpler and some things don't need all the gadgets and gizmos all the time. Not everything needs to be a database. To, right. to my eternal sadness. <laughs> but yeah, we right. manage the whole production because we, uh, we are, we're an agency. There's uh, six members of the team. We produce about 20 shows and it's all managed in Notion. Every team's got their own dashboard. We can look at the whole production calendar for a month or a week. I absolutely love that it is so completely customizable. Yeah, we'll probably have to chat about that because I think taking that dashboard and being able to visualize a lot of the data has been super helpful. And perhaps mm-hmm. we've just, everything is in Airtable and we've been slow to change, but we'll see. Megan, any <laughs> last thoughts? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's a big change. I'm really happy that we made it. We were in teamwork before and it was a good move. Yeah, that's good to hear. Okay, any last thoughts, anything that we didn't cover that needs to be shouted before we wrap up today? Oh, I would just reiterate that if you are podcasting in support of your business rather than as a business itself or as a passion project, it's good to sit down. If you never have, sit down and think about what role in your business does the podcast need to fill. And the same goes if you're starting a new one. It's never too late to go back and restructure things so that it's more effective for you. As you're experiencing right now, Hector, pivoting and making your podcast more useful to you is never a bad call. So don't be afraid to sit down and get really clear about the business purpose of the show. Absolutely right. You heard it. We got to figure out a new name, guys, because so much of what we did at the beginning was we called, I had an opening line where I would call them the MYP fam. And I want to keep you the MYP fam. And the podcasting success secrets, PSS fam, that sounds, it just doesn't sound as good. I don't know. We got to figure out. Megan, we'll spin on it and we'll riff on this. And we got to figure out, there has to be some (laughs) resolution to this. But until then... MYP fam, I want to thank you for sticking with us and being a part of today's show. If you guys got any value out of today, I would appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. If you know someone that has a podcast, is thinking about starting a podcast, wants to start a podcast, or has a business and should have one, send them this episode. And then take at least one thing, or maybe implement one blueprint. Try one thing. Let us know how it goes. We want to hear about your successes. Megan, is there anywhere that they can find you online or a place that they can go and get connected with you? Yes, all of our information is at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. And we've got tons of resources on there. All the episodes are on the blog and different ways to get in, connect, get in touch if you are so inclined. And the podcast is the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. So go get subscribed and, and follow that as well. Thanks again for being here, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.